Hello, I'm Amy. And I'm Brandon. And you're listening to the The Ears and Beers Beers Podcast. Podcast. Come on in and grab a beer. Put on your mini ears and let's Let's talk talk Disney. Disney. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode. I'm Brandon. And I'm Amy. And this is going to be the podcast episode where we talk about the essentials to bring to the Disney parks. And this is the Fast Pass to... Fast Passing! So we're going to obviously be talking about Fast Passes. I do apologize for any sounds that you hear behind us. This is being recorded on the 4th of July. America! And uh, it's going to be a little bit wild, but let's jump right in, shall we? All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about what's in our park bag. So first things first, I used to use a crossbody bag and um, packed really light, but then I decided to um, get married and needed a little bit more room to carry all of our essentials. So I have upgraded to a backpack and I have to say I, uh, I really appreciate the upgrade. Um, I'm able to carry a lot more good stuff into the parks with us just in case you just never know. So um, some things that we really like to carry um, are obviously ponchos. You know, the weather in Orlando just may go crazy at any given time. And I don't want to pay the exorbitant amount that Disney parks charge for a poncho the day of. So I go to um, the Dollar Tree or Walmart and I get one for super cheap. And um, we just carry them around. I think I've carried around the same one for about ooh, eight trips and haven't had to use it. But I know the time I don't bring it is going to be the time it monsoons on us. It's ironic that Amy mentions ponchos. Because I remember my first time on Splash Mountain. February of 2019. It was a fun after hours event at night. And uh, we're getting on Splash Mountain. Amy goes, well, we don't need any ponchos. I said, okay. So I believed her. Everyone else around us has ponchos on. She's like, hey, sit in the front seat, Brandon. It'll be a fun little trip. I walked off of that ride soaking from head to toe. That's just like your initiation into Walt Disney World. I need you to know that. Well, I regret nothing. It was a a blast. But in the future, I will be wearing a poncho. Mm -hmm. So some other things that we carry um, are obviously our wallets and our phones. Um, I do bring a phone charger a portable phone charger i've had the same one since like 2015 i got it at target and it's lasted really well but it's always great um just because you never know when your phone battery is going to die and you're going to want to take pictures and things like that we also um do take our first aid kit i have a mini first aid kit um i think i bought that in the travel section at target as well this is going to end up turning into just like a big ad for target and i'm sorry in advance um other people say that they typically bring sunscreen. I did not bring sunscreen. Um, I'm olive complexed and I don't use sunscreen like I should. But my ginger fiance probably does need to bring sunscreen for our next trip. Yeah. Well, actually, in this trip wasn't actually that bad. Granted, it was February. So it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But I, I truly didn't need it. And, and we'll be on October. We probably won't need it then. But, I mean, definitely summer trips you will need sunscreen of some amount in your bag. Another thing that I bring is a ton of antibacterial hand gel. That's just good for life, honestly. You know, you just need to make sure all those germs and strange kids, you just never know what they got going on. Um, I also like to bring wet wipes just in case, again, hands get sticky and the antibacterial is not cutting the trick. Um, Something that I like to bring as well is um, 
food. I like to bring a little bit of snacks. You know, sometimes people who haven't been to Disney before or maybe have been a couple times don't realize that you can actually bring your own snacks into the park as long as you follow just a couple of rules. Amazing, um, by the way. What? That they do that. Yeah, like, you know, you think that they obviously would prefer that you buy all your snacks in there, but they understand that, you know, that's not always feasible. So, you know, you got to kind of meet people where they're at, I guess. Um, so some of the main rules are that... Um, um, no glass containers unless it's a small thing of baby food. Um, also, no alcoholic beverages, cans. Otherwise, it's not just glass. It's all alcoholic beverages cannot be brought into the parks. Um, and also, no marijuana edibles. That's something that we you know, have to think about now. Those are legal in some states, so we have to clarify that those are not allowed in, in um, those things. Uh, in this uh, park. I mean, and um, other things that are a little bit um, difficult or you need to think about is that um, loose ice and dry ice are no longer permitted. So if you have a reusable cooler pack, this is the time to use that if you do have any items that are going to need some refrigeration. Uh, Conversely, make sure that you're aware that your snacks and the no heat meals that you are packing are no heat meals. There's not going to be a microwave opportunity. There's no um, ramen noodle stations at Disney. So if you're going to bring a sandwich, that's probably uh, about what you can manage. But trust me, we can do this the old school way. Grab a couple sticks on the ground, get in direct sunlight, rub them together. You can start a fire that way. And that's how you end up in Disney jail. That's true. Don't actually do that. But I mean, I thought it'd be cool. Yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to get into that. Um, some other things that people and I would like to have in my part bag that I don't have right now is um, an autograph book. I think we should get an autograph book just for the wedding and have our characters sign us well wishes if they'd like. And um, that's something that's really fun to have with kids, especially. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it gives you like uh, a side quest to do while you're at the park. You can run around getting autographs, and it's fun. I, it's definitely something that I would love to do on this upcoming trip. Yeah, we didn't get to do too many meet and greets on our last trip. We were kind of just trying to knock out the highlights and didn't have as much time to really immerse ourselves in all of the Disney culture as normal. But I'm looking forward to introducing you to some of those uh, characters and in that uh, genre of Disney, too. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. So something else that I really want to make sure that our viewers know is that things like Advil and Tums and stuff, you can purchase those in the park, but they are pretty high. You know, like they have those little two pack kind of things where you can just get it out of the, the plastic. But if you go to the first aid section of each park, you can actually sign in and they'll give you just a, a dose of Tylenol that way. So it doesn't cost anything. Um, but with us, we both have such bad headaches and stuff that we probably need to carry around a big Tylenol thing. I literally carry a massive bottle of Tylenol to work every single day for the fear of the oncoming headache that I get frequently. Yeah, we both are just really unfortunate with that and pollen season especially. So um, medications like that, you know, kind of at your own discretion, you know, if you need a full bottle like we do, if you maybe might want to chance it and buy a small thing at a store, um, any store can have them even retail. Just ask a cashier, hey, do you happen to have any Advil? And they'll pull out this little box of um, mini pills. That sounds kind of bad, <laughs> but um and, or the, and you can also go to the front of the park or wherever the first aid is located. And that's also available on the map in your My Disney Experience app as well. So if you don't know where it is, 
you can find it. Another thing um, that doesn't really apply to us, but I wanted to make sure that people know as well is let's say your park bag had a lot of diapers in it and you're running low. There's actually a baby care center at every park as well. And that has um, diapers and diaper creams. It has um, all sorts of formulas and baby foods and all that kind of stuff that you may need for a child. Um, I don't know about the cost of that because I'm not a mother, but um, it's definitely something that you can use. They also have lactation rooms, private lactation rooms as well in that area. So uh, that's something to check out. It's not all what you can put in a bag, but it's definitely a really great resource. So use those as well. And as far as allowing snacks in the park, I think that's a really cool idea. Some of the, my favorite snacks I'm definitely going to be bringing, especially on this upcoming trip is like nature Valley bars or the oats and honey, like crinkly bars that I really like pop tarts, love pop tarts, great breakfast way to get started in the day. You can bring those in your backpack pretty easily. Um, also I'm going to, I have a giant like water bottle that attaches to my backpack that I'm going to be taking that I can refill throughout the day. That's another thing to keep in mind. You can refill your water at Disney. So if you have a water bottle, that's going to be a perfect addition to bring with you. Uh, but we've actually detailed a little bit more about snack foods uh, on Amy's blog. She runs a blog called Stomachless at Disney. It's a really cool blog and it's definitely something you should check out. It's going to be stomachless at Disney.home.blog. And that's stomachless at Disney dot home dot blog definitely check it out it's really cool and you can actually learn a lot about the different foods at disney and ways to interact if you have uh, something going on uh, whether it's a genetic disorder or or any kind of food allergies that you may have as well um, so check that out and yeah and feel free to comment below uh, wherever you're listening to this what kind of snacks or what kind of things that you would bring in your bag when you go to Disney? Some of your favorites, some of the things that you've thought about while listening to this. We would love to hear because we would love to expand our bags personally. Yeah, I mean, some people get really creative with theirs, um, especially with kiddos and tablets and whatever they need to do. But uh, we keep ours pretty light because it's just the two of us right now. Yep, and uh, we cannot wait for this upcoming trip. So like I said, let us know. Check out the blog. And after a quick word from our sponsor, we're going to come right back and we're going to talk about Fast Passing. Be right back. Floorbound Designs is your go-to for all Disney-themed headpieces. They specialize in floral crowns, wired, and traditional ears. You can check them out on Etsy. They also have a Facebook and Instagram. It's going to be perfect for your trips to Disney, family trips, or even solo trips. All the links will be in the show notes below. Check them out. And thank you so much, Floorbound, for sponsoring this podcast. Hey, guys. Welcome back. We're going to talk about FastPass system um, a little bit in detail. Uh, the first thing that we need to, I guess, talk about is um, there's sometimes a misconception that fast passes aren't free. They are completely free. Universal has a tier of the, a similar system that um, does cost some money. So that's where I think where the confusion comes from. But this is completely free. Um, and we are grateful for that. So it is included in your admission to the park. And there is no extra charge for using this system. Um, what fast passing is, or a fast pass is, is it's a virtual queue system. So you're kind of waiting in line, um, virtually. And so you don't have to wait in line in person in the Florida heat. So it's a great resource to use. And we definitely recommend, uh, you're, you're entitled to it. So use it, please. Um, Brandon, what do you think about the fast pass system so far? Fast passes are really great. Um, they're for those 
rides you definitely want to hit uh, in each park that typically have a longer wait time. You can use a fast pass to, like she said, get you in a virtual queue so you're able to kind of get on the ride a little bit quicker than you would. You'll see daunting wait times for some big rides that may turn you off to the idea of riding it, but with the fast pass, you get on a lot quicker. It's not immediate, but it is a lot faster than that wait time. Exactly. So there's a lot of pros there. Um, so you will make your fast pass on your My Disney Experience. Um, that can be either online or on the app. And all you'll need to do is make sure that you're logged in under your name and you have your park tickets linked to that um, account. And then after you're all linked in, you should be able to, at that 90-day mark, go in and um, make your selections. Now, the booking begins at 7 a.m. Eastern Time Daily. So you need to remember that it's Eastern Time. So for us, we're on Central. So we will start at 6 a.m. Um, and with some of those harder to get um, fast passes like Flight of Passage or um, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train to, to actually really take uh, every hour counts. And um, unfortunately, there have been times where we weren't able to do it right at 6 a.m. And we, we really lost out on some top tier ones. Um, there are also uh, ways to um, get them in the parks as well uh, once you're there. But we really encourage if you have a hotel reservation, getting them at the 90-day mark. Um, and if you are an annual pass holder like we are, it's a 30-day mark even if you do not have a hotel reservation on file for that trip. Um, another thing is that any person over the age of three needs a fast pass reservation. If they're below three, they probably aren't going to be able to ride much anyway, so they don't really need a reservation. But if you are over the age of three or three and over, you need to have a reservation. So for the fast pass tier system, the way that works is um, you will pick one of uh, a more high demand ride, and then you'll pick um, one or two of the less high in demand um, rides in other parts of the park. But the only park that doesn't have this is Magic Kingdom. The Magic Kingdom kind of does their own thing. They have several rides. They're all kind of equal on the playing field. Um, that said, there are some rides that you would want to fast pass and some that you wouldn't. And they're not as obvious as in other parks. Um, my number one that you should definitely get a fast pass for is Peter Pan's Flight. Doesn't seem as obvious. It's a slow ride. It's not exactly, you know, the most flashy thing, but it was Walt Disney's favorite ride. And so people remember that and they want to see what made it so special to Walt. Um, another one that I would really consider doing is Seven Doors Mine Train, which is a little bit, you know, it's a little bit flashier. People are really uh, wanting to see that new ride, a uh, relatively new ride. And then another one, again, is probably a toss up between. Big Thunder or Space Mountain? Babe, what do you think about that third one? Uh, well, I'm not a fan of Space Mountain, so I wouldn't do that personally. Um, just being a bigger guy and a taller guy, that ride's not for me. My personal, my three choices would be Haunted Mansion. Uh, my second one would be Splash Mountain. Uh, because those are two really big rides that people know. Even people that this is their first time at Disney typically know those two rides. Um, and then the, another one I would pick would probably be the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train as well. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, and if you have Littles, then you know maybe some of the Princess Meet and Greets are a good option for you as well. But um, those are our, our choices for sure. 
Um, Epcot does have the tier system. And as Brandon has not been to Epcot yet, I'm really going to kind of steer this one a little bit. Um, tier one, so this means you get to pick one of these, is um, Frozen Ever After, which is probably the most sought after. Um, Illuminations, Reflection of the Earth, that's about to go bye-bye. So we'll see how that changes and update how that changes later. Um, meet the Disney Pals at the Epcot Character Spot. So that's just a meet and greet, but it's tier one. Um, their tiers are kind of funky there. Uh, Soarin' Around the World and Test Track. And so those three really, Frozen, Soarin', and Test Track, are really going to be the most high in demand. And that just depends on what you and your family want to do. If you really love the kid movie Frozen, or your kids love it, Frozen, go for it. Uh, Soarin' is that traditional, um, you know, Southern or California experience that people really loved out of Disneyland or uh, DCA. And so... Um, you know, that one's also a good classic. It's beautiful and it's not a roller coaster or not as jarring as Test Track. So Test Track is, you know, again, like you're acting like you're a test dummy on trying cars out. And I haven't ridden it in, gosh, like 10 years. It's kind of a little jerky for me, but it's a good one. All right. And then for tier two, you get to pick two of these. And the first is um, the Disney and Pixar Short Film Festival. So that's just films. Um, Journey into the Imagination with Figment. Figment is a great character, but is a waste of a fast pass. Because there has never been a line longer than 10 minutes for Figment since I've been to the parks. Um, love him. Favorite character, but not a good use of fast pass. Living with the Land actually gets really long waits. So I would suggest maybe considering that one. Um, Mission Space is a really good ride. I love Mission Space more than I think most people do, uh, especially the orange section, which is a little bit more um, spinny than the green, which is a pared down version of the original. And that's tier two as well. And then Spaceship Earth, again, that classic in the in the Geodome ride um, with the Phoenicians. Um, so those are all really good. I think um, land, mission, space, and... Um, Spaceship Earth are all really good uses. And then there's also the Seas with Nemo and Friends and Turtle Talk with Crush. Turtle Talk with Crush, again, ha typically has really short wait times. The Seas with Nemo and Friends has never been that long either. Um, again, so I, I would say, you know, it just depends on what your family wants to do. But um, those are all pretty good. I think that the Tier 2 is a lot better than the Tier 1, the way they have it set up there. All right, so Hollywood Studios, Brandon's back in on this one. Um, because we have both been to Hollywood Studios. And this is actually going to change a little bit with Galaxy's Edge being open, uh, because now you're adding in Smuggler's Run when that opens in August. Um, so we'll find out what tier that's going to fall on. But as of right now, we're going to go as if it's not open yet, because it's not. Uh, so for tier one, you have three options to choose from. You have the Alien Swirling Saucers. So think teacups, but the aliens from Toy Story. You have Slinky Dog Dash. And you have Toy Story Mania. Uh, personally, I'm going to choose Slinky Dog Dash. That is, uh, it's not an exuberant, over exuberant roller coaster, but but it's very fun seeming, and uh, it, it just looks like it would be something that you could go on by yourself as an adult. You could take your kids on it. Uh, it's it's going to be awesome. 
Yeah, full uh, full disclosure. The last time we tried to ride Slinky, I got really sick and we had to um, bail on our fast passes for that. But um, Midway Mania, or I guess it's now just Toy Story Mania, was one of my favorite new rides that I rode recently. Um, it's been around a while, but there had been some closures due to um, due to some progress with Toy Story Land. Um, and so we've really enjoyed that. And uh, I think that's a good use of a fast pass. But really, Slinky Dog is your, the best bang for your buck there. And then with Tier 2, there's uh, Beauty and the Beast live on stage, Fantasmic, which is the evening show, Rock and Roller Coaster, the Disney Junior Dance Party, for the first time in forever, a Frozen sing-along celebration, the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular, Muppet Vision 3D, Star Tours, Tower of Terror, and Voyage of the Little Mermaid. And for me, those two are pretty obvious I would say that your biggest bang for your buck again, it's going to be Rock and Roller Coaster and probably Tower of Terror. I don't really like Tower of the Terror that much, so I would go personally Star Tours. I love Star Tours, but I know um, Brandon is kind of scarred by Star Tours a little bit. Yeah, I got a little motion sick on that. So if you get motion sick fairly easily, I probably would not consider going on Star Tours. Uh, now with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, you can just go to an actual land of Star Wars. Um I would choose uh, Tower of Terror because I've never been on it before, and that's definitely something that I'm checking off my list when we go in October, and absolutely every time Rock and Roller Coaster will be chosen. The the shows are kind of interesting. I feel like most of the shows you'd be able to get into on standby fairly easily, and I guess maybe not at like uh, the peak of summer, spring break, or right at Christmas, but for the most part, I've been able to walk on to many of those in the past. Um, and then... Like Muppet Vision, Muppet Vision 3D. I've, I've never had to wait more than five minutes for that. And that's really just for it to reset. Um, and then lastly, you know, with Fantasmic, I think Fantasmic is a great show. But um, with the dining experiences, they have dining packages where you eat a meal and then you have um, really great seating for Fantasmic. You got to eat anyway. I think it's a good value if it's something that's a priority for your family. So I think Brandon's going to talk a little bit about the tier system over at AK. Yes, I loved AK when we went. Uh, something you have to remember about this podcast is Amy is more of a Disney veteran. I am definitely the newbie because uh, my first trip in 18 years was last February. So I'm coming at this kind of with new eyes. Um, so Animal Kingdom was great. Tier 1 for Fast Passing is going to be Avatar's Flight of Passage. That is like the biggest ride in Animal Kingdom. Uh, also in tier one, you have, uh, the Navi river journey, river journey, um, which is also, uh, going to be in that same land, uh, yeah, Pandora. Thank you. Uh, so for this one, I mean, I'm going to choose fight of passage. I personally being a bigger guy can't fit on the ride quite yet. So that's something to keep in mind. If you are, uh, a little heavy set, uh, or if you're just maybe too short, even you wouldn't be able to ride it safely. So just keep that in mind. Uh, with that ride, they do have a test seat outside that you can sit on and see if you'll be able to ride the ride. So that way you don't have to waste any time waiting in line, but that's something to consider though. Maybe do some research online about it before you set up your fast pass. They do have a lot of, um, YouTube videos and body comparisons for, um, people who are of, um, size to kind of compare to see if they'll make it onto the ride beforehand. And there's some tricks and tips. People have elaborate 
like uh, flip-flop switching systems that they've rigged up and it works for some people it doesn't work for everybody um, but I really appreciated that they do have the test seat because I think there's nothing worse than waiting and getting all the way through that queue and then when you're finally in the, the ride chamber not being able to actually get on um, so I've ridden both flight of passage and Navi river journey and I will say uh, flight of passage all day every day over Navi river journey I think Navi was actually really disappointing um, I won't go into that too much, but I really was I'm much more impressed by Flight of Passage. So uh, it's worth getting up and making sure that you are caffeinated and ready to go at 6 a.m. to make those fast pass reservations the day that they're open for you, because it really does. Uh, I mean, it's just blows Navi away. Um, what about Tier 2, babe? Uh, tier 2. So the list that we have here is going to be Dinosaur. Uh, we also have Expedition Everest, Festival of the Lion King. The Finding Nemo musical. Uh, we have a uh, Stuff to Be a Bug, the Kali River Rapids, Kilimanjaro Safaris, Meet Your Favorite Disney Pals, kind of a meet and greet. We have the uh, Primeval World, Rivers of Light, and Up, and it's going to be the Giant Bird Adventure. So, uh, out of those, I'm definitely going to be choosing Expedition Everest as well as the Kilimanjaro Safari. That's exactly what we did on our last trip. Uh, Expedition Everest is absolutely a phenomenal roller coaster, and the Kilimanjaro Safari allows you to get really, really up close with those animals, and you get to see uh, the, just the, the animals that Disney is rehabilitating and uh, taking care of. Absolutely. The Kilimanjaro Safaris are really a classic. Um, they do say that you want to try and avoid booking those fast passes for that ride in the middle of the day as the animals are affected by the heat the most in that time. So um, morning or evening reservations are probably the best if you can swing it. Um, and then for things like Dinosaur and a lot of the things in Dinoland USA have really kind of lost their luster with the addition of Pandora. So I think if you rope drop and you got there early enough, you'd be able to knock out all of dino land in like dinosaur um primeval world and the triceratops spin and everything i mean in just like seconds really so definitely strategize about that or think about that before you make fast passes for any of those rides um and the shows do fill up pretty quickly but i've never had a line that was really terrible for any of those experiences and uh, i think finding nemo the musical is worth uh, at least a 30 minute wait anyway um, Kali River Rapids is again a really great ride so for me it's between that and Everest and the safaris uh, just again depends on if you want to get wet or not but if you do Kali try to make sure that you ride it at the end of the evening because babe you get wetter on that thing than Splash Mountain it puts Splash to shame. So that's another th uh, thing to think about is when you're making your fast passes, make sure that you're booking them in patterns that make sense for your family. You kind of want to get a tendency to see like the, the, or to accept the first thing you see. But if you look around a little bit, um, you may um, have some better openings. So be flexible. It, you know, you can park hop if you have park hopper passes. So you can, you know, take a morning at Frozen and then ride um, Collie River Rapids in the afternoon and switch parks and get kind of what you need. So if you're flexible, I think that works best. So don't try and do everything first thing in the morning. Don't try to wait till everything's light, late at night and try not to stretch out, you know, from, uh, rope drop to fireworks unless you're really sure that's what you want to do and that your family can hang that long because I know I most certainly would be very tired in that situation. Babe, do you have any last minute thoughts on this? 
No, ma'am. I think that you covered just about everything. Um, fast passing is awesome, and I can't wait until we get closer to time so that we can do ours. And like I said, once we have more information about Galaxy's Edge with Smuggler's Run opening up at the end of August, and then eventually Rise of the Resistance, uh, that is going to uh, kind of vary with the tier system for Hollywood Studios at least. So after, we're going to take a bit of an interlude real quick, and then we're going to come right back, and we have some fun stuff to talk about with an upcoming Disney movie. Be right back. All right, everyone. Welcome back. So we have some exciting news about a new upcoming live-action movie. We don't have a release date yet, but it's going to be a live-action adaptation of The Little Mermaid which is awesome. I mean, most people uh, loves The Little Mermaid. I know I definitely do. And we got some really cool news about who's going to be playing Ariel, and that is going to be Halle Bailey. She is a 19-year-old R&B star. Uh, she's in an R&B group with her sister, and it's called Chloe X Halle. It's really good. Definitely check it out. Her voice is absolutely insane, and she has a total princess vibe going on, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. She's um, she's young. She's she's gorgeous. And I think she's really going to be uh, great. We do know that she does have one screen credit to her name already. And she is on Freeform's Grownish, which is a spinoff of the show Blackish. And I've watched that show for a while, Grownish. And um, she definitely steals the show. She's got some really great acting chops for sure. And another really cool thing about this is that Alan Minken is teaming up with Lynn manuel Miranda. And they're going to be doing the music for this live action adaptation of the musical. So excited about that. Amy and I are huge Alan Minkin and Lin-Manuel Miranda fans. So this is going to turn out to be great. Lynn, as we know, has done amazing you know, musical hits for other Disney films. And then Alan Minkin, of course, is an OG Disney musician. Absolutely. So I think the two of them between all of um, Alan's uh, work and you know Lynn's work on Moana especially... I think that this is going to be really exciting and I really appreciate the, uh, the direction that Disney is taking this, you know, and we've heard some criticism about, you know, having an African-American portray a traditionally, I think, Danish character, but, um, you know, it's, it's never said explicitly that this is where that takes place. I don't think in the original. And also, I mean, it's, it's the year of our Lord 2019 and we can shake some things up. Absolutely. And another really cool thing, now this is just this is just in the talks. So this is not confirmed by any means. Like Halle Bailey playing Ariel was confirmed. There is talks that Melissa McCarthy is going to be playing Ursula, and that is really cool. She's actually has an upcoming very serious movie coming out, uh, and it's it's called Hell's Kitchen. Or it's, I thought it's just the kitchen. Or maybe just the kitchen. Either way, uh, it's she plays a very serious role in that film, and just after the preview. Uh, you can see that she can really kind of kind of switch the mode that she acts. Because I was worried at first because I've only ever seen her in comedic things. But once we saw that preview, my entire opinion changed. And I really hope that she does play Ursula. This movie is going to be fantastic just by the looks of this, the information that we have so far. Um, also, Jacob Tremblay and Aquafina are both in talks to star uh, and lend their voices to this live action. And you know, may uh, you may know Jacob Tremblay from the room. Uh, he was the the little boy that was held captive in that room with his mother, Brie Larson. And then also Aquafina, you may know her from Crazy Rich Asians and from her musical career. So the fact that she um, has a 
kind of history of being a comedic actress and rapper uh, or vocalist really probably lends herself well to being a, a real good part of this uh, cast as well. And that's something that we wanted to touch on before we wrap up the podcast. But as always, thank you so much for listening. We really, really appreciate the support. Uh, please, if you don't mind, give us a rating if you're on Spotify uh, or you know iTunes podcasts. Please feel free to five stars if you like us, three stars if you are okay with us, one star if you don't like us, and leave your review. Also, don't forget to comment what kind of things you want to bring in your Disney bag and also what fast passes that you would choose for each park. We would love your input. And maybe, who knows, it could shape how we decide to do our fast passes for our upcoming trip and what we decide to bring in our bag. But thank you for listening. Oh, that could be really cool. We could have them pick our fast passes for an entire trip and pack our bags for us sometime. We could. Dear listeners, do you want to do that for us? Could be wild. If so, comment. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, The Years and Beers Podcast. Uh, we're on Instagram, The Years and Beers Podcast. Uh, we are everywhere with The Years and Beers Podcast. Shoot us a message right on our wall. Or just uh, comment and uh, tell us what fast passes you want us to take on our trip in October, and we will do it. We're also going to be documenting the trip, so we will be able to prove to you that we did it. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, we will see you again in two weeks with a new episode. And until then, bye, y'all. Thanks for listening. See you later. Bye.